Hey, just a quick disclaimer today, folks. I just wanted to let you know that this was very poor quality on this episode. I had a, an equipment failure. I think that I've got it fixed. I apologize all over myself. I apologize to my guest, Andy Pratt. Uh, I apologize to all my listeners. And just to be honest with you, if this was just me and the sound quality was this bad, I would have just trashed it. I wouldn't have even tried to put it out there. But... I thought it was a great episode, so I thought that the overall quality of the conversation was better than the quality of the audio. So I hope you will listen, and I hope you will understand all that. Thank you anyway. Appreciate it, guys. And now on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. I'm Kevin. I'm your host of Kevin's Podcast Show. I want to thank you to my dozens and dozens of listeners out there. Kevin's Podcast Show and the KP Showboats. That's what I'm going to start calling my listeners. What do you think? I like it. (laughs) Uh, You can find our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Podcast, and Radio Public. You can find it just about anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find this podcast. So, Except for Zoom. uh, No, it's not on Zoom. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry all you Zooners out there. So if you like this show, pick up somebody's smartphone, because I know they have one, and show them how to use it. That's all I'm saying. And if you want to start your own podcast, use Anchor Podcast. It's my recommendation. It's free. Doesn't cost you a penny. That's the best price you're ever going to get. All right. I've got a guest in the studio. You've already heard his voice. But before I introduce him, I want to tell you that I've got a new sponsor. My sponsor is Johnson Drinking Straws, the finest in beverage suction technology. Remember, if your gal's thirsty, tell her to suck on a Johnson. Johnson Beverage Straws since 1966. All right, my guest in studio today is Mr. Andy Pratt. Welcome, Andy. Why, thank you. Andy's a friend of mine. We've known each other for now on to 20 years. Closer and closer to 20 years all the time. One of my oldest friends, but not just because he's old. Oh, well, thanks for that, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Andy's going to add his pithy comments today, and uh, of course, we're going to start off with News on News Crime. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the spectacular KPS Arena in beautiful East Tennessee. The World News Boxing Association is proud to present three rounds of heavyweight action in this corner. Wearing red trunks with black trim, C-N-N. And in the opposite corner, wearing blue and white trunks with red trim, Fox News Network. Now, let's get ready to rumble. All right, we're going to start with Fox News today. The first story is about CNN. And Acosta is back in court with White House as Trump again looks to pull his credentials. Here we go. What do you think about that son of a bitch anyway? Well, regardless of whether he needs to be in there or not, he, he's just a jackass. He is a jackass. That's just the nicest thing you can say about him. He's just a jerk. He is. He, he's one of those kind of guys that just make you want to go, would you just shut up? Look at me. Look at me. That's, I'm Jim Acosta. Yeah, that's basically it. He must have a hell of an Instagram. I should follow him. <laughs> Did you see the picture they had not too long ago where it had him? uh, He was trying to make it look like a selfie in front of a mirror because he was looking at himself in the mirror, but it's obviously not a selfie. Somebody's taking the picture, but he's just looking lovingly into his own eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, hey, God bless. I I guess. God bless. I mean, you're you're famous, I guess. Yeah. Making a name for yourself, but half the people. At least half. You know. Mm. CNN requests emergency briefing as White House looks to revoke Jim Acosta's credentials again. CNN and the White House correspondent Jim Acosta again accused the Trump administration of violating their constitutional rights. I don't see how that's a violation of their constitutional rights. I I don't either. I like the idea if he starts acting out again, we'll just shut it down and let the uh, other reporters take care of it themselves. They don't ever get to ask any questions. They don't ever get because that's how they make their money. Yeah. And if they're not getting their questions asked and doing their thing, then guess what? 
they're going to start talking to Jim. That's true. And I don't even, I don't understand how that they can say that this is a constitutional right. That's what I don't understand about the whole thing. That's what I don't get because I don't have a constitutional right to be in that White House. Nope. I mean, hey, I'm Kevin's podcast show. Uh, shouldn't I get a press pass too? Exactly. You should sue him if you don't. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that's the same thing. Well, anyway, let's go on and see what it says. Acosta was informed of a preliminary decision for his White House credentials to be revoked once again after the temporary 14-day order expires. <laughs> oh, so it was just a temporary order. Yeah, I thought it was a... Yeah, yeah they, uh, they said basically what the uh, district court said was that he couldn't really be put out of the of the thing because they never had any rules for decorum. There was no rules set down. Because before this, reporters had always pretty much been civil. And they didn't have to have any new rules. But because Jim Acosta's an asshole, guess what? Got to have some rules. I see. So they're going to... They're gonna so there's no it. set precedent on it. There's no ruling. Right. That's what we're waiting on. Right. So they're going to they're gonna go ahead and set up a set of rules of decorum. And if he doesn't follow them, then bye, bitch. Well, they give Sarah Sanders a hard time all the time. But I, I tell you, she's one of the best uh, White House press corps people I've ever seen. Yeah, she looks like she smelled a fart all the time, though. That's true. But she stands her ground. <laughs> well, she may she, look like a bulldog, but she could bite like one day. She is in the room full of reporters, so I guess she has smelled a fart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The White House sent a letter to Acosta on Friday that was submitted as evidence in the court filing. The letter explains that Acosta's credential was revoked due to inappropriate conduct, noting that the White House didn't think formal rules for journalists were necessary prior to the CNN reporter's actions. The letter explains the reporters are expected to ask a single question when called upon and then yield the floor unless the follow-up is permitted. These basic common-sense practices are necessary for orderly press conferences that are fair to all journalists in attendance. Well, you have to have rules on the wall when you're in a daycare. You wouldn't think you'd have to do that too. You would think so. Common sense. Yeah, common sense. Common sense is out the window whenever it comes to all this bullshit. All right, that's number one on the uh, Fox News app. Let's move on to number two. Well, you're, this is a visual. You're not going to be able to see it, of course, on the podcast. Uh, but it's talking about the Woosley Fire in uh, Malibu, California, before and after aerial photos, which is awful out there. The massive and deadly fire that scorched nearly 100,000 acres in Southern California is more than 90% contained, but the scope of the damage is apparent in new aerial photos showing the devastation. Cal Fire said as of Monday, the Woosley Fire is about 94% containment. The improving conditions aided by the lack of Santa Ana winds in recent days. The blaze has left three people dead and injured three firefighters in addition to destroying over 1,500 structures. Now, the Woosley Fire is not as bad as the Camp Fire. Right. <clears throat> I heard somebody say the other day that the way they got the names for that is Basically, whenever the firefighters show up, they set up instant command, and that's just whatever road they happen to be on. So they were in, they were on Camp Road, so it was Camp Fire, instant command. And I didn't know that. I didn't either until <laughs> the day. So. I was thinking that the way I, yesterday I heard the campfire. I was like, you mean like roasted weenies? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, they did. They they went to they were on Camp Road. That's where they set up the instant command. They so. should have found a, a much more prominent named road. To, Really that nice. or maybe put road in there, camp road fire. That would that would help or something. <laughs> but campfire sounds, you know, it sounds hey great, it's campfire. But that one's killed like seventy something people and has burnt down thousands of structures. Yeah, it went, went from the camp road fire to the most of California fire. <laughs> yeah, it's not nearly under containment. They said it probably wouldn't be under containment till the end of the month. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad, bad. So I think that's God just punishing California myself. Well, you know, when you have liberal leadership, you don't have to do so well. That's true. Oh, lordy. There's a liberal comic meltdown. Let's see what this is about. Bill Maher. Now, that's a guy. You ever watch Bill Maher? I don't watch a lot of Bill Maher, but I've, I listen to podcasts that have snippets from this show. Yeah, well, he's an unabashed liberal, of course, but let's see what it says about him. Bill Maher trashed by comic book fans for criticizing those mourning Stan Lee's death. Rest in peace, Stan Lee, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Stan Lee was around for a long time and has shaped a lot of people's childhoods, mine included. Yeah, mine too. I mean, Stan Lee was the man. Mm -hmm. Stan the man. 
There you go. Bill Maher has upset a slew of comic book fans by trashing the legacy of late Marvel giant Stan Lee less than a week after his death. Real Time with Bill Maher host took to his blog and made a cutting rebuke of those mourning the death of Lee, the co-founder of Marvel Comics. The guy who created Spider-Man and the Hulk has died and America is in mourning. Deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, Watch a movie, I guess. Someone posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I lived in a world that included Stan Lee. Personally, I'm grateful that I lived in a world that included oxygen and trees, but to each his own. I may be wrong, but I don't remember a time where Stan Lee got political on anything. He said, I'm for this or against this. He just provided entertainment, which is what I expect from entertainers. Well, that's what I do, too. I live in East Tennessee, so, I mean, Dolly Parton's around all the time. One of my favorite things about Dolly Parton is she said... I'm an entertainer, and I don't get into. They tried to. The there was a reporter trying to get her to answer questions about Trump and say something about him saying grabbing him by the and all that stuff. And he, she's like, I don't get into that. I have my own opinions about it, but I don't get into it because I'm an entertainer. That's what I do. And I was like, man, much respect. Why that. would you alienate at least half of your base? <laughs> exactly. Jay Leno said that too. He said, I don't get political because political humor. If I went to one side or the other, I was going to alienate one side or the other and that would be at least half my audience why would i do that he was on the show last man standing you know as a side character there several times but he never really got into the political aspect of it he was just there to make jokes yeah like funny make jokes so i'm i'm not big on either side of it i know the big t-swift there tried to uh, get phil Bredesen into office there in Tennessee it didn't work. <laughs> Not that I'm a T Swift fan myself, but <laughs> there's other artists, you know, that came out about this or that. You know, I'm liberal on this and I'm like, I just wanna listen to your music. Why are you making it so hard? <laughs> <laughs> and poor old Kanye in there sucking up to the president and I'm like, dude, stop. But he's done a one eighty two, so <laughs> Yeah, who knows? All right, we're gonna get into CNNs. Yay. Yay, CNN. And it's breaking news. CNN asked for emergency hearing after Trump threatens to revoke Acosta's press pass again. That son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, wait. Dun, dun, dun. I might have added that part. They didn't really put that in there. <laughs> they inferred it. I, I take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They did put it in there. The White House has issued a new warning to CNN's Jim Acosta saying his press pass could be revoked again at the end of the month. In response, CNN is asking the U.S. District Court for another emergency hearing. The White House is continuing to violate the First and Fifth Amendments of the Constitution, the network said. In a statement, these actions threaten all journalists and news organizations, Jim Acosta and CNN, will continue to report the news with about the White House and the President. Late Friday, CNN won a temporary restraining order forcing the White House to restore Acosta's press access to the White House for 14 days due to, let's see, his right to due process had been violated. He did not rule on CNN's argument about the First Amendment violations. Later that same day, the White House sent Acosta a formal letter outlining the preliminary decision to suspend his pass. The letter cited his comments at November the seventh press conference, where he was asked, where he asked multiple follow-up questions and didn't give up the microphone right away. The thing about it is, is the CNN acts like he's their only correspondent there. No, they've got more than one. Yeah, well, they're just trying to jump on board this whole. Well, Fox News was even on board with this whole thing, and I'm like, dude, he put his hands on that chick that was trying to. Yeah, he isn't. It wasn't like a physical assault, but he, you know, he's pushing pushing her away. Yeah, so you continue being a jerk. Yeah, and if you if you're putting your hands on somebody, that's not right. No, yeah. You know, if if you if you feel like you have to put your hands on them to stop that action, you're wrong there. I mean, you are. You're you're making a mistake, and and I don't know why he gets a front row seat too. I'd put him in the back in the corner. Yeah, turn the lights off. Back there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim. Mess up the acoustics somehow. <laughs> there used to be. You probably you probably don't remember this. But there used to be this little lady that would sit in the front row. She was for, uh, it was either Associated Press or United Press International or either one of them. And she was on the front row for, I mean, five or six different presidents. She was right there on the front row, which was really cool. And she'd always ask these really cool questions, man. But, I mean, she'd give them hell sometimes, but mm. she was never rude about it. She was never a bitch or an asshole like Jim Acosta. <laughs> I don't know. 
That son of a bitch. Just, I mean, he's just an ass. That's all you can say about him. He's just a jackass. Yeah, he, he looks like somebody that you'd slap around if you were in high school. Yeah, that's true. Probably did get slapped around. He probably liked it. That's why he's throwing his weight around now. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go on to number two. I'm not going to read analysis anymore. I'm trying to get away from these analysis pieces because it's just somebody's opinion about something. And like I've said before on this program, I wish that, that the news would just report the news. Here are the facts. You all make your decision about what it is, but it's become such newstainment. That's like the New York Times, you know, it's, it's full of op-eds. That's all it is. You know, it's like, I, don't, I don't care what your opinion is. Just tell me the facts. And I'll yeah. make my own. Yeah, I'll make my own op-ed. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm smart enough that I can figure this out on my own. See, they think we're not smart. True. That's part of the problem right there. Mm -hmm. Is they really do think that we are not smart people. Okay, their next article, number two on CNN's app, is Nissan chairman Carlos Goshen. Goshen. G-H-O-S-N. Goshen. Sounds good. Land of Goshen. Arrested over significant financial misconduct. He was arrested. Nissan chairman Carlos Goshen, one of the auto industry's most high-profile executives, has been arrested by prosecutors in Japan after an internal investigation revealed significant acts of misconduct over many years by him and another top executive. The stunning announcement ripped through the powerful Global Alliance slamming the stocks of Nissan and Renault, where Goshen serves as chairman. Together with Japan's Mitsubishi Motors, Nissan and Renault make up the biggest global car-making alliance, which makes one of every nine cars sold around the world. Didn't expect a guy named Carlos to be hanging out in Japan. I didn't either. The three companies employ nearly 470,000 people in 200 countries. Guess somebody ought to cook the food. That's true. <laughs> Nissan said in a statement that he'd been investigating, Go investigating Goshen, a 40-year veteran of the auto industry, and another board member for months following a whistleblower report. 40 years in the business and throwing it all away. Mm -hmm. Found that uh, him and another board member, Greg Kelly, number of significant acts are not really saying what it was. <laughs> no. Here's part of the story. Here's my opinion. <laughs> Well, here's my opinion. It doesn't really tell you what he was, <laughs> what he's supposed to be. I don't know. I know that whenever that guy took over, Nissan was in, almost in shambles. They were almost ready to file bankruptcy. I didn't realize they were in that bad of shape. I got to reading something about him. Can't really find it in this article down through here. But whenever he did take over from uh, for, for Nissan like five or six years ago or whenever it was, mm -hmm. they were bad shape. I mean, really bad shape. And he has brought them up. I mean, they've... These sounds screwed up when they quit making the hard body trucks. The little small square front end ones. Yeah. Everybody has it. Yeah. It's because they were cheap and reliable. That's what I'm saying. That's what they are over in Iraq. That's what you... Stick with what you know. <laughs> over in Iraq, that's all they've got is little Toyota trucks. And little bitty Toyota trucks. A little bitty Nissan trucks. And mm. why do they have them? Because they're easy to fix. They run forever. They run forever. And you can pull parts off of one and put it on the other one. From... Apparently do well in sand. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and you can mount a fifty cal on the back of it. There you go. It said that he had a salary of one point one billion yen a year. I'm gonna take a guess how much that is in Merkin. I'm gonna say that's about five hundred thousand. <laughs> Nine point seven million. Yeah. That's just, I mean, I kind of understand him doing some wrong stuff with the money because that's not quite enough to live off of. I mean, man's got to eat. And the man does have to eat. Nine million. That's just not quite enough. Go. No, you can barely afford two or three maids like that. I know. I, I like me some Ruth's Chris steak. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat that every night. You're going to have to have some money. That's true. Born in Brazil, Goshen started his career at the French tire maker Michelin in 1978, working his way up to running the company's North American operations. He moved to Renault in 1996 after the French car maker established its alliance with Nissan in 1999. He became the Japanese firm's chief operating officer, helping steer it out of financial crisis. Hmm. He's been charged with misconduct, but we don't know what kind. <laughs> I'm just hoping it ain't diddling little boys in the bathroom. Yeah, hopefully it's not a hashtag, me too. Because <laughs> then his career is destroyed. He just embezzled some money. Yeah, not so much big deal. <laughs> but if you told some woman she was pretty. <laughs> God damn you. You, sir, are fired. <laughs> you, sir, are a motherfucker and deserve all the bullshit you get for the rest of your fucking Under life. Under the jail, whatever kind of punishment, torture they do in Japan. Absolutely. But if you're not masturbating into a fern 
like old, what's his name was, a Harvey Weinstein. If you're not doing something like that and forcing people to have sex with him, if you just come in and go, you're a really nice hair, lady. Uh, you motherfucker. You just assaulted me. Uh, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Huh? Hashtag him too. <laughs> I, feel, I feel hurt. <laughs> if I told you you were ugly, would that make it better? <laughs> that reverse everything? <laughs> yeah, let's put the brakes on this. You ugly as hell, bitch. Do I, do I get a promotion? <laughs> Is that the opposite of this? No, she takes your job. That's your. Oh. That's, that's how that works. Not just not your life and your job, just your job. Okay, so uh, CNN's got a report about the California fires. It's a big story. I, I mean, I don't blame them for having this, but this story is about the Angel bus driver. Let's see what it says. Rain will bring much-needed relief to California fires, but also new dangers. For the first time since the campfire. On that road. <laughs> the campfire. <laughs> started its deadly rampage 11 days ago. Firefighters will get a big assist with the rain. Four to six inches are expected later this week will help to suppress the inferno that has already killed 77 people. That's not rain. That's a deluge. It is a deluge, but they need a deluge. So now guess what? Since all this uh, underbrush is burned up, erosion. Yeah. Mudslides. <laughs> it's also... California sounds like a great place. <laughs> yeah. Let's all move to California. I hear they've got horrible traffic and high taxes, too. So. <laughs> it's a great place for... Business. Where all the pretty people go. Mm. That's why I'm in Tennessee. Okay, as there's far away as I can be. <laughs> but there's a catch. With more than 150,000 acres of newly scorched earth, there's little vegetation to soak up the rain. Wait a second. We just came up with that. We did. We beat them to it. <laughs> this means the region is now at risk for mudslides, which could easily, especially, be dangerous for firefighters battling the inferno. Malibu has a lot of mudslides anyway. They do. Even before you burn up all this vegetation. I understand. It's like, it's kind of like living in the Midwest where you have all these tornadoes and tornado alley and wipe out everybody's houses and they rebuild it. But then you later wipe it out again. Yeah. It's like, how do you get insurance, homeowners insurance? Out I don't, these I don't places? know. You've got these million dollar houses on the side of a, of a mudslide hill. <laughs> it falls out in the ocean. Let's build it back. It's not even a million dollars now. They said the median average home in Los Angeles County is like 4.5 million. Median. That's what I'm saying. 9.7 is just not enough to live on. It's not enough to live on. That's crazy. That is a crazy amount. I heard a guy talking about that the other day. He said he bought a piece of property. He was tearing the house down that was on the property and was going to build another house in Los Angeles County. And there were some oak trees out there. And they protect these oak trees. The oak trees are a big deal to them. So they wanted him to put fences around the oak trees while the construction was going on. <laughs> Chain link fences. To keep the trees from getting in the way? I'm not sure. Escaping? I, maybe they would escape and run off to Mexico, maybe. Or Arizona would get them. Or, Now's our chance. Yeah, I guess. Nobody's I, watching. I'm not sure. So he How said, high of a fence do you have to put to keep a tree? <laughs> well, he said, look, first off, they're not anywhere near the construction area. We're not going to be destroying oak trees. Why can't I just put like that, you know, that orange construction mesh stuff? Yeah, that they, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like underpinning. You gotta look at stuff. Yeah, yeah. He said, why can't I just put that around the trees instead of renting? As in, don't cut this down. Instead of renting chain link fence. No, can't do it. You can rent chain link fence. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean like the square sections that are very isolated? Yeah, put around the trees. That might be a little cottage industry you go into. I'm telling you. Do you have some oak trees you need to get <laughs> fence around? <laughs> Call oak tree fence guy. If we'd had a Democrat governor, we might have to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, glad Florida got fixed and Georgia got fixed. Ugh, is, anyway. is it over, though? Mm -hmm. Truly over. The uh, the one lady in Georgia said, off on a tangent here for just a second, the one lady in Georgia said that uh, the guy was legally the governor, but he's not legitimate. I heard that she was going to sue, that there was a lawsuit. She, she is going to sue, but she's given up She's in effect. She's given up the, the lawsuit. I mean, given up the governorship, but she's still going to sue. Because, mm. you know, that's how that goes. Let's see here. Well, it said that there was a story about a bus driver, but I swear to God, that's not in here anywhere. Was it the one about the guy driving the trash truck to save the old lady? Mm, this said something about a bus. Well, we'll just uh, play some Jeopardy music or something right here. Perfect would be if I had some Jeopardy music. Well, folks, the headline is, I'm going to read you the headline, and then I'm going to try to go, Bus Driver from Heaven 
rescued kids from California wildfire. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this was a typo. <laughs> fires keep raging. Tent city at the bottom of a hill. For all the folks in East Tennessee. The fires. Yeah, the fires. There they are. They didn't say anything about a bus driver from heaven. So, sorry folks. CNN effed up. What do you do? What do you do? All right. That's three from them and three from Fox. Who do you think won today? Well, I kind of leaned more towards Fox, but uh, what was the second one on CNN? An opinion piece again. Yeah, exactly. Opinion pieces abound. Hey friends, it's Unknown Redneck here. I'm back again on Kevin's podcast show. I just want to tell you all just a little bit on the update there. Uh, we got Cheryl. She's a cooking on for the Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm just going to tell you right now, she's been making cookies and pies and cakes, and oh, honey, it smells so good around this house, and I sure am glad we got that new stove, because without that, we'd have a bunch of burnt cookies, I'd bet you. But anyhow, Starla Jean said she had to work on Thanksgiving Day, but she's supposed to get off that evening, and I reckon she'll be able to come down there, and uh, she might bring us some Hardy's biscuits. That might go along good with that turkey she's got making. But anyhow, she's going to bring her little Frenchy feller down there, that John Luke guy. He's coming over, too. And, of course, Kurt Angle will be here what time he ain't in there playing them devilish video games. And then on Friday, Kurt Angle is all tore up because he's got to go in at like 4 o'clock in the morning down at that video game store to sell them devilish video games, and I reckon they'll fly off the shelf. But anyhow, we all got good plans coming up. I'm off from down at the woodworking factory after Tuesday. We get Wednesday off, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Lord, it's like a little mini vacation, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, honey, if you ain't got somebody to be thankful for, I'll just tell you, you can be thankful for all my people, because I love them, and I'm thankful for them, and God's really blessed me. So, it's the unknown redneck just telling you that I'm thanking you for everything that you do for us, and I love you, and you know where I am. Well, now I want a biscuit. Hmm, I want one too. A cinnamon raisin biscuit with extra icing. Well, I'll take a burnt cookie right now. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never had a bad cookie. Is there such thing as a bad cookie? I did have bad bacon. How'd was, that happen? Well, it was, somebody brought it to work. It was it hadn't been like seasoned and cured and stuff. And it was just like chewy. There was no taste to it. I'm like, this is such wasted calories. Yeah. They put a lot so, of... so I'm only going to eat two more pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, this is awful bacon. I'm only going to be able to eat about half or... <laughs> Maybe maybe a half a pound of this. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the worst bacon I've ever had. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> now it's time for something great in the volunteer state. Woo. I need you to say that. All the guests do it. Something great for the volunteer state. Hey, buddy. That's pretty good. You sound like a professional. I know. All right. Tennessee. A burglar insists he broke into a home to save his wife, Taylor Swift. That's right. His wife, Taylor Swift. Check his dude out. That's uh, exactly what I expected to see. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the same hair. Yeah, he's he's special looking. They got bad blood in there. Mm. Mm. Police in Tennessee allege that a suspected burglar broke into a residence and told the homeowner he was there to save Taylor Swift, with whom he claimed to be married. Authorities in Nashville arrested Paul Heron, 26, after the homeowner reported a disturbance on Wednesday, according to News Channel 5. Police said the homeowner thought that the burglar was a tenant stopping by to pay rent. When the homeowner opened the door, the suspect wedged his foot inside and pushed his way through. That goes to show you that Nashville must be pretty liberal because it happened around here, he'd just be dead. Yeah, there'd be a <laughs> splatter on the wall where his head used to be. <laughs> there'd be a corpse. So I take this, this wasn't at Taylor Swift's house. No. Okay. He thought it was. He thought he was Taylor Swift's husband. So he, the robber insisted that he was there to save Taylor Swift, his wife, 
and that he had every right to search the residence, according to Fox News in Nashville. Police charged Heron with aggravated burglary. That's it? That's it. Probably already out. Yeah, she goes through boyfriends like I go through socks. I wonder if he wrote, she wrote a song about this. I don't know. Maybe she should date this dude. I wish y'all could see it. I'm trying to think what he looks like. He looks like... John Westman? <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely something great in a volunteer state. Mr. Paul Herring, married to Taylor Swift. Not. <laughs> I don't understand that, man. I don't understand how somebody could just let somebody stick a foot in the door and then not shoot them. Well, that's the thing about Nashville. I mean, it wasn't the uh, the guy that was running for governor used to be the mayor of Nashville. Right. And he's big liberal, so the whole town is. Well, see, that's what somebody said the other day whenever the election was going on. They made a good point about this. In Tennessee, Memphis almost always goes Democrat. Mm -hmm. Nashville almost went Democrat this time. Knoxville almost went Democrat this time. Chattanooga almost went Democrat this time. So in future races, if all the Democrats have to do is turn Nashville, Knoxville, and Chattanooga, be Hamilton County, Knox County, and Davidson County, if they turn those three counties Democrat, the rest of the state won't matter. Mm -hmm. It'll be like California and New York running the... Uh, well, you've got Johnson City, too. You've got ETSU up in that area. And there's yeah, but it, it, liberals in that area it is a lot of liberals, but it does lean heavily Republican up in that area. There's, I mean, there's, uh, well, you've got a lot of, you know, redneck places up that way. Johnson County and stuff. Yeah, Elizabeth's way and, up there. Yeah, and uh, Irwin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the whole country might laugh at the state of Tennessee. The whole state of Tennessee laughs at Irwin. <laughs> We all come together. <laughs> we all come together. I think people in Irwin laugh at Irwin. <laughs> I've been to Irwin maybe three times, and it, it, it was uh, just what you expect. <laughs> well, I think they ought to do a movie about Irwin, about them hanging the elephant. Did they did. It was Deliverance, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, about the elephant. <laughs> yeah. You you know that story, right? I've heard the story, but I don't know the details. Okay. There was, an, there was a circus come through town. Okay, which they were want to do in back in the, I think it's the early 1900s. Okay, so circuses used to come through on the railroads and they'd unload and all that other stuff. Okay, so an elephant broke free and yeah. killed a little girl. Okay, it's an elephant. So what do you do? What do you do about an elephant that has killed a little girl? A wild what, animal. What do you do? What would be the most logical thing you would do? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Not shoot it in the head. Not not euthanize it. No, not, no, no. Let's have a let's have a murder murder trial. Let's let's have a trial. Let's seat a jury. Of we're gonna hang Dumbo in town square. <laughs> How do you even get a gallows that can lift an elephant? They got a crane. Oh, they they did. They they had a jury. They had a trial. I can't see the elephant defending itself. This trial is peanuts. I guess they got some. Uh, maybe that's where the term from the peanut gallery come from. Yeah, the, the, the elephant sprayed snot on the judge, and that was it. <laughs> and that was it. It was all over. Held in contempt, and yeah. felt it was. They were found convicted, and uh, so they brought a crane in, and they took a cable and put it around the elephant's neck. Did the elephant get a last meal, a big stack of hay? I mean, how does this work? I'm not sure. He smoke a giant cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did they find a black a black satchel and put over his head? I mean, <laughs> how are we gonna make a hood? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna come up with this idea of how to kill the elephant, let's go all the way with it. Let's do it right. Yeah, don't stop at the jury. <laughs> I want you to build a gallows and do this thing right. <laughs> well, they, they hung her. I believe it's her. <laughs> and justice was served. And now all the other elephants know to stay away from her. <laughs> Most watch, everybody knows to stay away from her. Watch your step. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would imagine that if somebody broke into somebody's house in Irwin, they would have just shot them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been the end of that. It, like, it wouldn't even have been a whole foot. It had been some toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah. Now, yeah. Now he's Eileen is his name. <laughs> if, anybody, if any of one of my dozens and dozens of listeners out there are from Irwin, I sincerely apologize for the last five minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know what we're talking about. But you know what we're talking about. <laughs> you know we're not bullshitting. You know it's true. <laughs> we're from pretty redneck areas too, but come we, on. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. I ain't never hung no damn elk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the circus go along with that because that's like, that's some big money for them. <laughs> it ain't like you can just run down to the Walmart in 1900 and get you a new elephant. This came from Africa on a boat. <laughs> on a boat? You know how much that boat for an elephant costs? You know how long that ride was? <laughs> <laughs> it's on a steam powered boat <laughs> but I do apologize to all the people from her <laughs> but you know but seriously but seriously you hung a damn up <laughs> <laughs> you took the expense and the time to <laughs> get a cable and a crane <laughs> nobody had a shotgun <laughs> you telling me nobody in Irwin had a shotgun? Nobody in Irwin go deer hunting. Come you, on. You ain't got a slug or something or a muzzle loader? <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Surely the goodness that the town hall or something, they've got that elephant's hide is like the <laughs> you, the floor cover. I hope. I hope they made some furniture out of it or something. <laughs> Let's sit on the elephant couch. <laughs> Did they hang the elephant's head on a stake at the at the at the train station to warn all the other, other all the elephants come through? This is what happened. I'm gonna run for mayor of Irwin. <laughs> Why are you gonna do that? It only pays a dollar a year. Yeah, but you get that sweet elephant couch. <laughs> the elephant was drawn and quartered. It was scattered to all the to, to both ends of Irwin. You know, like three miles. <laughs> One part north, one south. <laughs> one guy's looking at it. Is this good right here? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Put it right there. Put it right there. <laughs> but seriously. We're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for entertainment news. Say hello to my little friend. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? From BoxOfficeMojo.com, Fantastic Beast sequel delivers 253 million global in its box office debut. 253 million. That's almost a little voyage. Almost. Certainly better than just 8.9 million. I, I hate to say it, but I'm not familiar with the Fantastic Beasts. I'm not either. I, I like the Harry Potter movies pretty well. You know, I've never seen a single one of them. Really? Never watched, never read a book of, of the Harry Potter movies. They were pretty good movies. I mean, they were okay. I mean, if you're, I mean, you got to kind of be into the whole fantasy world thing, which I am. I'm a Star Wars, Star Trek kind of guy. I love yeah. uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Never watched any of the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Was... Well, the Harry Potter stuff was good, I thought. Yeah. And a lot of people like it. I mean, when you go like to Universal and places like that, they, there's a whole wall of the magic wands. Each person is a different one that went for sale. You know, like yeah, you can drop one hundred fifty dollars on a piece of plastic <laughs> wand. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it comes in a pretty box. That's great, I guess. Okay. Selling sticks for $150. That's good marketing. It is. It's good marketing. It's much easier to make than a lightsaber. <laughs> and speaking of marketing, um, do you ever listen to Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For all you people of my dozens and dozens of listeners out there, I just want to say that if you're not a familiar with Jordan Peterson, Google that man. He's Canadian. He's Canadian. I love his accent, but he's very practical about things, very pragmatic about things. I like the idea of the way he speaks is that you're responsible. Mm. And me personally, this is what I think. I think that the day kids start school, they should issue every one of them a mirror. And whenever they have a problem, the first thing they need to do is go get that hand mirror and look at it. And see who where the problem see is. Whose problem it is. See see where that problem started. It probably started with yourself. If you're having problems in your world, if you're one of these people and you're listening to my podcast and you're one of these people who blame everybody else, you just need to keep listening because I'm gonna keep preaching that it's individual <clears throat> responsibility. 
I am responsible for all the shit that I have messed up in my life. Every mistake that's ever been made is on me. It's not on anybody else. It's on me. Yep. My life could have been maybe a lot better. Could have been. But for some mistakes that I made. But I don't blame anybody for that. And I certainly don't expect the government to do anything about it. I'd love to know. I'd love for 18-year-old me to know what 38-year-old me knows now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It was, uh, I believe it was Oscar Wilde that said, it's pity that the youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Fantastic Beast. Let's see. While it's still... A solid weekend. The performances fell below Mojo's pre-weekend expectations across the board. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the latest entry in the Fantastic Beach franchise, Fantastic Beast franchise, still toppled the weekend as expected, but even it fell a bit below the studio's expectations, though not by as much as both Paramount's Instant Family. You heard of Instant Family? No. <clears throat> it's got Mark Wahlberg in it. It's it's Oh yeah yeah yeah. I saw a trailer for that the other day. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be one of them D V D deals. Yeah, that's gonna be a red box kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or wait till it comes on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Fox's Windows. I've not heard of Windows. Not heard of that one either. Yeah, neither of which managed to break out among the opening weekend audiences, but we'll hope to take advantage of the holiday weekend to come. The overall weekend, however, was an improvement over last weekend while it fell short of the same weekend last year, which saw the debut of Justice League, which was a big movie. I didn't get to see Justice League, but of course, a lot of the DC movies are just, it's so hard. I mean, I don't know if it's just where they start out slow or everything's so dark, but it's just, ugh, hard to get through. I don't don't care for DC movies. The Wonder Woman movie was probably my favorite. Yeah, Yeah. I've not seen it. But it had a lot of color in it. It wasn't all, what was me, melancholy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what really makes uh, all of the Marvel movies, well, they've got, Super contrasting stuff because it's like heavy, heavy deal going on. You know, Thanos snapping his finger, and they're funny. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! But they're funny. A lot of a lot of comedy in the those. new Spider-Man, the Homecoming, the, the, the Tom uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, they couldn't have found a better guy for Spider-Man. He is the perfect young, goofy kid in high yeah. school. I mean, just perfect. And his, his wit, he, he's on. Beats hell out of Tobey Maguire. Oh my gosh! Ugh. My shoe does. <laughs> his personality. Let's uh, see, The Crimes of Grimwald fell a bit short of the studio's anticipated $65 million, uh, with a $62 million debut. Never heard of that one. <laughs> well, it's The Crimes of Grimwald. That's the Fantastic Beast movie. Oh, okay. There's more to the yeah. name. And then, let's see, next week, it'll be the, the big number one movie next week, Well, I guess it'll be uh, The Grinch, which will debut Wednesday. I saw a trailer for the animated one. It looks funny. It does look funny. It, it looks, I mean, I've got kids that will still watch it. See, I don't have kids, and I'm feeling a little creepy going on. I've still got an 11-year-old, so she'll watch this stuff. <laughs> I'll just be the old guy in the theater eating some popcorn watching a movie. But see, you've got the 16-year-old that sits over there like, I don't want to watch this, but she's secretly looking at it like, and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's okay. Uh, whatever. How, do you, how is Estrogen Island anyway? <laughs> It's uh, it's great because <laughs> they're gonna listen to this. It's great. I like that smile you've got plastered on your face. <laughs> Andy Hales from Estrogen Island. Hey, she's got a job now, though. The, the oldest. Oh yeah, yeah that's good. She works at the Food City. At the Food City. Yeah. You get a discount card there. I don't think so. Oh, well. I don't think she gets any sort of discount. Well, it sucks. Yeah. Well, at least she's working. Need her get her a good job, like at the Hardee's. Yeah. Like she, in business. She could work down there with Starla Jean. That's right. I don't know. Talk to unknown redneck. Maybe he'll know how to do that. He'd get a word, good word in. Give me his number. <laughs> well, it's unlisted, so I'll have to ask you <laughs> if it's, it's unknown. Okay. <laughs> it's unknown. I unknown. I don't know. <laughs> He's got a YouTube channel, but he doesn't have a cell phone. Right? I got you. <laughs> don't judge the man. He can work the internet, but he can't work the cell phone. <laughs> Uh, hashtag head sack. <laughs> 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 okay.
Okay, Fox's Bohemian Rhapsody began its third week in release with a 49% slide, bringing it to an estimated 15 million for a total of 127 million. Have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? I have not, but I, I do like Queen. It's a good movie. I saw it. It's a good movie, but it was a good movie because I like Queen. Right. If you did not like Queen, you would not like this movie. That's what I took from the trailer. Yeah, I, I, I like Queen. I like Freddie Mercury. He's a wonderful performer. I mean, Absolutely. regardless of his personal life and whatever goes on there. But yeah, but it it was a stage performer. Excellent. Oh yeah, he was awesome. And, and he, I wanted to talk to you about that. That's one of the things that he is one of the the great voices of our time. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like to add like Steve Perry to that list. Okay. And then uh, the lead singer of Alter Bridge, Miles Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Mm-hmm. Those are my top three. Oh, yeah? Do you, do you occur with any of that? Definitely Freddie Mercury. I'll tell you somebody that I really am sad that she never had the chance to explore her potential was Amy Winehouse. You know, I really didn't listen to much of her music. Uh, she, her music. whiny to me. She, she had a, to me, she had a great voice, that smoky voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, i tell you somebody that surprised me with their voice was... Uh, um, I can't remember the girl's name now. If she sung that song X's and O's. My daughter listened to it, but I couldn't tell you who it is. <laughs> well, let me tell you who whose daughter she is. She's the daughter of uh, uh, Rob Rob Snyder. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's kind of odd. And he can sing really well too. I heard a uh, a live track of them good, just goofing off, you know. And he's <clears throat> he's not got a bad voice either. But she's got a deeply soulful voice, you know. Hmm. Uh, I like her voice. She has a lot of music that I like to listen, but I listen to odd stuff too. But uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not really versed on on vocals. You know, I don't know. I really, I can definitely agree with Freddie Mercury because, and if you want to go with somebody who can scream like there is no tomorrow, is uh, another gay guy who was in a heavy metal band. Ju- ironically, Judas enough. Priest. Judas Priest. I knew it. <laughs> Rob Halford, because that dude, I don't know how he does that and be able to talk. Yeah, that, that, what's how Miles Kennedy is? His so high pitched, and it, but it's, it, I love his, his voice. But like, how in the world do you talk after one song? You know, last episode I talked about Roy Clark, which is one of the best guitarists. Oh, yeah. there. Man, that that dude. That snippet you played at him was awesome. That dude can wail, and, and that funny, and that was just a flat top, and then I went. I went back, and of course, I went down a rabbit hole about things on YouTube. And there's a guy over in England. He does a uh, shout out to him to his uh, YouTube channel. It's called Wings of Pegasus, and he just goes through and breaks down people playing guitar. I mean, he's an artist himself. He plays guitar mm-hmm. himself, but he breaks down about how that these people play. And he was talking about Roy Clark playing the guitar and how that they he's able to put that humor in there. And he's making goofy faces and, and doing all kinds of things. But at the same time, he's doing technically very difficult stuff, which goes to how just how talented he is. And it's not just the guitar that he was talented with. He could play the fiddle. He could play all kinds of different instruments. Banjo, I think. Yeah, banjo. Uh, he played... Uh, he was playing playing the fiddle with this little kid uh, playing the banjo on Hee Haw. I saw a little snippet of this, and I, I was like, wow. I did not know he could play the fiddle that well. Did, yeah, I, I actually bought a guitar uh, a couple of months ago because I want to learn to play the guitar. Yeah. I want to get a hobby. I've never had a hobby. <laughs> it's harder than it looks. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn off an iPad. Difficult. Difficult. <laughs> Okay, here I'm going to blast this out to my dozens and dozens of fans out there. Um, I want you to think about this. If somebody's got, I've got great ideas. I'm just giving them away free on Kevin's podcast show. Free. Write this down. Write this down. Why in the hell can't you just be able to take an electric guitar at home and put a pickup in it that connects to your video console, your Xbox, your PlayStation, that sort of thing, and then they have a computer program a game essentially to teach you how to play i know we were going with this and they actually do have that really it was about five years ago i think and it was, it was essentially it was, i think it, i know they had it for the playstation but it was a essentially a, a way to learn or play guitar with your guitar and it you know you Kind of like rock band type thing. You would play along with the songs. But yeah, yeah, exactly. It was teaching you the chords and stuff. They actually have that. Well, that's cool because there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that because you could 
uh, plug it in, and, and I know they have guitar tuners, which would essentially be the same thing, and they could do... You can do that off your iPad. So, tune your guitar. Mm-hmm. I remember we used to have guitar tuners back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I was running around with a country music band back in the day, we you'd sit down and sit in front of a sit in front of the little guitar tuner and cling and then adjust it and you get your four forty tune or whatever it was. And, and but I'm not very musical. I don't know that I'd be able to play the guitar. I played the saxophone in elementary school and then decided uh, I was too cool for that. <laughs> went to high school. Too cool to play the saxophone. I mean, I, I you can... were a blow monkey. What the hell? Well, see. You, you got to remember, this was the the eighties, right? Know? And in the eighties, every song had a saxophone solo. It's true. <laughs> I mean, think about yeah, it. it. Yeah, yeah. Most popular top forty songs had a saxophone solo. Yeah. So I'm thinking, saxophone it is. I'm gonna get a, I get a gig. Chicks dig it. Chicks dig it. <laughs> Not so much. My wife was in the band, so uh, you know, hey, there you well, go. Well. Uh, <laughs> Well, good luck on. I tell you what, when you learn how to play a song, you come on here. I will broadcast you brand new, brand new artist right here. You will probably have hundreds and hundreds of fans by then. <laughs> I will at least have, well, no, dozens, 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 be <laughs> yeah, dozens and dozens. <laughs> All right, I think we're at the end of the rope. Oh, man. I think we've come down to the end of the entertainment news. Uh, basically, it's just saying Fantastic Beats was number one this week, and they anticipate that the Grinch will be uh, number one next week. Tis the season. Yeah, and then Wreck-It Ralph will come in after that and so yeah, forth. And so. Wreck-It for the Grinch. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I never watched Wreck-It Ralph. It was okay. Was it? Yeah, but, you know. I don't know. I'm kind of forced to watch these things. Well, I've got the pass. I used to have the... Uh, oh, you got the movie pass? The movie pass. I used to have that. And then they started restricting everything. Uh, it started out, you could just you could see unlimited movies. Yeah. Uh, once, your... once a day. <laughs> Which well, you, could, you could look at it and go, this is a good <laughs> Well, I... <laughs> this was not financially that's feasible. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I was when well, I'm going to sign up for this, and then I'm going to ride this train until it... Ride it like a borrowed mule. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw everything. <laughs> it didn't matter what it was. Hey, did you go see that foreign language film? <laughs> sure did. I did. I did. Watched I, it. I watched it twice. I had a nice nap through part of it. <laughs> I saw the sun. No... It was but, a reason to eat popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of movies, I mean, we we hardly go out to watch movies unless it's like a Star Wars or Marvel movie. Right, more because right. We built a theater in our uh, basement, and shout out to my wife, she has perfected the movie popcorn. Really? It is delicious. I love me some movie popcorn. It is. It's even better than theater. Mmm. We got a little popcorn. Maker. Yeah. She went on and found what the, the butters and salts and stuff that they yeah. use and measures it out and does it herself. Wow. It's great. Yeah. I don't have a wife. I have three ex wives and I bought three houses and I'm not with either one of them. Is this a country song or is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. I've just not really figured out what it is yet. Mostly I've just been sad about it. You're minus a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I do need a dog in there somewhere. <laughs> I've got the AMC app now. Right. Which which is a little more expensive than the Movie Pass was, but with the AMC app, it, and it, but you can go see you know three D movies, you can go see IMAX movies. And and like once a week or something. Or it's three starting off. It start rolls over every Friday, and then you can see three movies a week. Who's got time to do that? I I, I don't. I've I've been off work for two or three weeks. I don't have time to do that. I've just seen a lot of movies, though. It, that works out a little better for me because you can, I, I can go, I'm off uh, two weekends a month so I can go see yeah. movies. And I enjoy going to movies. I enjoy the whole experience. I like to go in, get some popcorn, and sit in you the know, dark with strangers. It'd be nice if the airlines could get the same kind of experience as the, as the movie theaters because that's one thing I hate about flying is the whole process. <laughs> <laughs> I like getting somewhere fast, but I hate the entire process from start to finish. It is. It's pretty difficult. You know, if you, you can order your, your tickets on, online and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's nice. But other than that, the rest of the process is tedious and time consuming. Well, I was lucky the last time I flew. Every time I switched planes all but one time, they put me on an aisle seat. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, an aisle seat. and I went in. 
to I just went into like orbits or one of those and bought the ticket and I was wasn't guaranteed what seat I was going to get. It's just one of them willy nilly kind of things. Yeah. But I think the ticketing agents, whenever they saw that I was a big Humpty Dumpty fat guy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Here you go, sir. <laughs> Oh, yeah, your ticket's good. Hang on just a second. I'm going to put him on an aisle seat because, damn. <laughs> but uh, I was lucky. I was lucky. I did have to sit in the middle of one of the flights. It was like from Atlanta back to Knoxville. Mm. Yeah, that's on one At least it's only like 50 minutes. Well, it was supposed to be a 24-minute flight, but it ended up being a little over an hour because the check engine light came <laughs> <laughs> Somebody left the gas door open on the plane. <laughs> and the pilot was like, uh, we're just going to sit here and let maintenance take a look at this, and uh, they'll probably just let us fly in. We'll have to fly into a maintenance station, which is in Knoxville, so we'll have to just, uh, uh, we'll have to fly there anyway. So I imagine, I'm like, what do you mean fly there anyway? What if, <laughs> what if this is a big deal? What if you crash between here and Knoxville? Your plane goes into reduced engine power. We're just going to go ahead and fly it up there. We're just going to fly it over up there. It's good. It's good. It's probably some sort of something to do with death fluid. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I didn't know that was an Obama-era thing. Really. Oh, yeah. That I didn't know. Some of that uh, tree-hugging eco crap. God bless them, I guess. Well, they've, they've now that everybody's switching back to gas power, they've uh, made it where you can bypass this death system. And, really? And your vehicles won't go into reduced engine power all the time. You know, who would have thought that an ambulance or a fire truck going into reduced engine power could be an issue? <laughs> <laughs> who would have thunk it? Somebody might have. If they'd have just thunk it. Well, folks, I think we're going to wrap this up. We're at the end of the rope. It's been a good show. Yeah, yes. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate you being here. I really do. I'm going to try to get some more co-hosts here. Uh, maybe in the coming weeks, I might try to get Dean Eshman here. Do you remember Dean? Oh, yeah. I see Dean all the time. Yeah. He Dean, was at Fort Sanders. He got his RN, so I think I think he's went in to start being the uh, big real nurse now. So Making actual money. Making actual money, mm -hmm. not paramedic money. He's making actual money. Well, good for him. So, uh, but he said he would come up and uh, do one. So I'm gonna try to get in touch with him too. And uh, but we'll get some more people in here. I might have Derek back. I have Andy back. I have a bunch of people back. I like doing shows with people. Makes oh, yeah. it makes it a lot easier to flow. I'm just gonna tell you right now. But they do last a lot longer. I've noticed. Well, that just gives me something more to listen to as I'm going to work. <laughs> That's what the whole purpose of this is. Exactly. And that should bring us to this, which is to say, share our podcast. Absolutely. Send it out to everybody. Everybody's got a smartphone. If you know how to listen to podcasts, get somebody's smartphone out of their hand and say, let me borrow this for five minutes. And not won't even take five minutes, but just tell them five minutes so they'll be patient. And then you just go. Bink, 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 and say, here you go, podcast. People that ain't got cars or houses got smartphones. That's exactly right. And listen, tell these people, podcasts are about everything. And if you have a significant drive of any kind, if it, if your drive to work is more than 30 minutes, then you can listen to a podcast. I mean, do you really need to listen to Pour Some Sugar on Me again? Really? You know, with a bunch of John Boy and Billy bullshit in the background. That's been pre-recorded six six months ago. Exactly. And these people are just, it's just commercials. If you listen to Morning Drive stuff, it's just commercial after commercial after commercial. And then the hosts start into commercials. And you don't even realize they're into commercials because they start out saying stuff like, you know, I was thinking the other day about uh, how wonderful it is to be living in East Tennessee and how we have such beautiful weather around here. But occasionally the weather turns bad, and when that happens, you need to call the guttering system that my friends at John's Guttering. You know, and you're like, you son of a bitch, you brilled me in. I thought you were going to talk we, about the weather. We were connecting. <laughs> we were connecting. I don't even need gutters, but I want to buy one. You bastards. <laughs> So that's what the advantage over with a podcast. Plus, you can you can curse, damn it, and you can fast forward, and you can fast forward. It's got the podcast app for Apple Podcast is great. Ten seconds at a time. Bleep 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 bleep. You don't want to talk about this. Bleep bleep bleep. Going through to the next part. I don't like this interview. Bleep, 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 bleep. Exactly, and literally thousands of podcasts about anything you want to listen to. If you want to listen about UFOs or 
Bigfoot or whatever. Uh, underwater basket weaving. Underwater basket weaving is one of my favorites. Yeah. One of my favorites. Did you listen to yesterday's episode? <laughs> <laughs> it's on my to-do list. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It is. <laughs> But if you want to start your own podcast, you can go to Anchor Podcast. It's free. It's free in the App Store. They publish it for you. You don't even have to pull it. All you've got to do is the content. Your part is what we're doing right here. You do your content. You upload it to their site. It's not, not hard to do. It's very easy to do. If you can click and drag, then basically that's how you do it. And there then you, you upload it, and they take care of the rest of it. And you can even monetize it, which I've not chose to do because I want to really get in well with my dozens and dozens of fans. So I guess what I'm saying is, folks, that I really appreciate you being here. It's been a great show. I really appreciate Andy Pratt for being here. Everybody say thank you to Andy. Thank you, Andy. The studio crowd goes wild. Calm down, people. Calm down, folks. We'll just have to say that until next time, it is deuces. And duck lips. What do you say to those viewers that don't pursue their dreams and are locked in their careers because they are too afraid to take risks and pursue something mm -hmm. meaningful? Well, the first thing I would say is, well, you should be afraid of taking risks and pursuing something meaningful. But you should be more afraid of staying where you are if it's making you miserable.